Good morning and happy Tuesday, everyone. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. I'm Adam Wright, happy to be with you today and for the hour. On this Tuesday morning, we've got some fun things in store. We've got some nice things in store, some educational things in store, but all of this can wait until after we begin our morning together in prayer. So let us pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. O most blessed Mother, heart of love, heart of mercy, ever listening, caring, and consoling, hear our prayer. As your children, we implore your intercession with Jesus, your Son. Receive with understanding and compassion the petitions we place before you today. We are comforted in knowing your heart is ever open to those who ask for your prayer. We trust to your gentle care and intercession those whom we love and who are sick or lonely or hurting. Help all of us, Holy Mother, to bear our burdens in this life until we may share eternal life and peace with God forever. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, it's a good Tuesday morning. And it's a beautiful Tuesday morning, and I'm so happy to be with you on this Tuesday. I have to tell you, this week, it's only Tuesday, and it feels like we've been here for four days already. I I just feel like it's one of those weeks. But that's the the beauty of the respite, you know, taking that time every day to say, all right, I'm going to take just a few minutes to stop and be refreshed or to stop and turn everything over to God for a few minutes. Yesterday was one of those days. Um, I got a, I got a text message from someone last night saying, Hey, did you, did you have a chance to look into this day? Something very inconsequential, right? One of those things that certainly uh, was not a make or break for Monday. And it was about eight o'clock at night. And I said, no, I haven't. Honestly, today, uh, right now is about the first chance I've had to sit down and just stop from doing what has to be done and to just get to maybe a little bit of recreation. But by that point, I was ready for bed. Now, in that, though, earlier in the day, I took some time to stop, not to recreate, not to read a book, not to watch TV or anything like that, but just to give it over to God and say, I need to stop for a minute and just spend some time with you or I'm not going to be able to keep going and I'm very grateful for that opportunity. So if yesterday you had a case of the Mondays, I encourage you today, take some time to just give part of your day to God wherever possible, maybe for five minutes, maybe for 10, maybe for 15, but just to stop and say, God, you get this part of my day. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Today on the show, we're going to be talking with Doug Berry once again about uh, preparedness, and we've got our daily dose of encouragement with Patty Schneier, where this week we're talking about limits and priorities, and we're also going to be talking with Father Jeffrey Kirby about the gift of the catechism. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, well, tune, stay tuned for that. Um, that's for sure. 
Let's get to Mike Roberts this morning, and then we're going to dive into everything else we've got in store today. Today is the feast day of St. Rose of Lima. Born in Lima, Peru in 1598, Rose was the daughter of Gaspar and Olivia and came from a large family. When she was still very young, she developed a devotion to St. Catherine of Siena, fasting three times a day and spending as much time as possible in front of the Eucharist. At the age of 12, Rose entered the Third Order of St. Dominic, taking the habit of a tertiary and often wearing a crown of small thorns. By this time, she was also having mystical experiences. In spite of having this great devotion, her parents refused to let Rose enter a convent and wanted her to get married. Then Rose's mother had a vision of the Blessed Mother who gave her a rose and said, This rose represents your daughter, my son's cherished flower. I plucked her for him from your garden, and he will not let her go. Only see how grateful he is to you for having tended her for him and for having given her to me. When the family ran into financial difficulties, Rose worked all day in the garden and spent the night sewing, which she had time to do because out of mortification, she only let herself sleep for two hours a night. And in spite of the fact that she lived in relative seclusion, many came to know of her great faith and mystical experiences. Rose died at the age of just 31 and 16 17. St. Rose of Lima, pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Are you enjoying this episode of Roadmap to Heaven? Are you saying to yourself, I wish I could listen to this again? Well, good news, you can. Just go to your favorite podcast app and search Roadmap to Heaven by Covenant Network to find this episode and more. And for even more great Catholic content, be sure to visit www.ourcatholicradio.org. That's O-U-R-CatholicRadio.org and click on the Programs tab for some great shows. And now back to Roadmap to Heaven. We do have a catequiz question today, and it actually comes to us from one of my kids who asked this question recently. Um, did Adam and Eve ever get sick? You know, so that's our catequiz question today. Did Adam and Eve ever get sick? And to answer that, uh, we want to turn to a couple places here. And the first is, of course, the Catechism of the Catholic Church. When we talk about a man in paradise, this comes to us in paragraphs 374 through 379 of the Catechism. We're in Part 1, the Profession of Faith, Section 2, the Profession of the Christian Faith, Chapter 1, I Believe in God the Father. And this is uh, subsection 4, I suppose you could call it. But paragraph 374 through 376 376 uh, states, By the radiance of this grace, all dimensions of man's life were confirmed. As long as he remained in the divine intimacy, man would not have to suffer or die. The inner harmony of the human person, the harmony between man and woman, and finally the harmony between the first couple and all creation comprised the state called original justice. 377 continues, the mastery over the world that God offered man from the beginning was realized above all within man himself. Mastery of self. The first man was unimpaired and ordered in his whole being because he was free from the triple concupiscence that subjugates him to the pleasures of the senses, covetousness for earthly goods, self-assertion, contrary to the dictates 
of reason. I love, I love these two paragraphs. So number one, uh, in 376, going back to that, man would not have to suffer or die. Frank Sheed uh, puts it this way. We talk about supernatural. He uses the word preternatural um, for, uh, let's see, where is it here? No, that's not it. Well, anyway, I, I'll, I'll paraphrase for you instead of pulling you the exact thing. Um, it was a beautiful thing not to suffer or die, but through sin, death enters the world. Suffering enters the world, and that's the first blow of the, the spiritual warfare that we were talking about for the last two weeks with Doug Barry. Now, the reason I bring all of this up, if you were listening to what we were, what we were saying before the break about uh, it, you know, the movies you watch, and is it really all that bad? As that was playing, someone texted me and said, I guess I can't watch this movie now. Bummer. And they got it. You know, they understood full well exactly why. But it still didn't make it any easier in some ways, I suppose. Sometimes fighting the temptations of the flesh, whether it's, you know, against the sixth and ninth commandment, whether it's gluttony, whether it's just watching a movie, watching a show, reading a book, all those things that our conscience is telling us, you probably need to get this out of your life. We say it's hard. And you're right. It is. Because through original sin, through that first fall of our parents, we lost that mastery of self. It's unfortunate. In fact, paragraph 379 says the entire harmony of original justice foreseen in man or foreseen for man in God's plan will be lost by the sin of our first parents. So I guess what I'm getting at is don't feel bad that it's hard, but don't give up because it's hard. Work hard and ask for God's grace. We'll be back with more Roadmap to Heaven after this. Are you enjoying this podcast? Well, if you are, did you know that Covenant Network offers great programming 24 hours a day on 43 stations in five states, plus streaming online? You can find our schedule, your local station, or listen online at www.ourcatholicradio.org. That's O-U-R catholicradio.org. Visit us today. And now back to this podcast. Yesterday, Doug Barry and I were talking about preparation. And again, if you're just joining us on this topic today, it's all about temporal preparation, food, water, clothing, etc., What's that have to do with spiritual preparation? Well, again, if you find yourself in a crisis, whether it's a natural disaster, whether it's a, uh, you know, anything, I, 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 we're not even going to take the time to go through it right now. You find yourself in a crisis, if you're not prepared, it's going to be a lot harder to be holy because you're going to be stressed and you're going to be all over the place trying to provide for you and your family. Doug, today we're going to be talking about the most essential element, I think, on the list. And that's water. And I think back, yesterday we were talking about snowstorms. I think back to a snowstorm a few years ago. My son and I had an activity for dads and lads up at the parish. And we said, all right, well, we're not going to drive, but we can walk. It's a few blocks away. And as we're walking back, we see the water department pull up. And they're getting out of the truck. And we're like, what's going on? They said, oh, there's a break on your water main break on your street. we got to shut off the water. And I said, how many minutes do I have? They said, you got about 20 minutes before we shut off the water. So I call my wife. Say, we're on the way home. Start getting every Kool-Aid pitcher out we've got and filling it with water. Start filling pots with water. They're going to shut off the water to our street, and we're going to maybe need water to drink. Now, 
We knew the water was going to be on later that day, small break, small repair. But, I mean, I'm even going so far as to saying get some Rubbermaid bins out, fill them with snow so that sure. if we need to flush the toilet, you know, we're not using the drinking water for something we can melt some snow and, and use that for. Water right. is essential. Adam, this is one of the most important pieces of I think this conversation, the average human being can last about three days without water and you'll die. This is a fact. Now, in certain cases, you can ration that a bit, maybe last an extra day, but in general, you get about three days and I'm going to say it's going to be miserable three days. We all know that if you get dehydrated halfway through day one, you can get serious headaches. You can start getting brain fog. You can start having a hard time with energy. Say you're a mother and you're taking care of kids or you're, you're a pregnant woman or a pregnant mother. You're nursing. You're a laborer of some sort. You're out there exerting a lot of energy. It's a hot day, whatever it might be. You will find yourself in a real world of hurt without being hydrated. The body is made up of about 75% water approximately. Okay, this is what God did. He made us this way. He makes it very clear about the importance that we need to be hydrating and taking that fluid in. But many people don't have any, and I mean any, extra water in their house. They'll have some food, a few days of food, because hey, you go to the grocery store, you load some of the pantry or the cabinet and the cupboards. But a lot of people don't do anything with water. So I always challenge people, if you go to your faucet and you turn that little handle there and nothing's coming out of that faucet, and you know for some reason whatsoever, the water shut off. You don't have access to water. What's your first reaction going to be? Most people, they'll do, well, you had a few minutes. You had some time. So you loaded up the, the Tupperware bins, the pitchers, and so forth. I mean, that goes through your mind. But if you don't have that time, then what do you do? Most people say, well, I'm going to hop in the car. I'm going to go to the grocery store. I'm going to buy water. If you've ever been in a situation, as we were here in East Texas, in most of the South, about a year and a half ago with our snowmageddon, when the water pipes froze, the city water was shut off. And for several days, people were going to the grocery store. The grocery stores start to ration immediately. They were giving us two gallons of water per family. Two gallons per family. The average person needs a gallon a day. A gallon a day for the average person. So look at your family, everybody. Count up the people in your family. How many gallons extra do you have in your house? Now, some say, well, what do you have, Doug? Well, I've got a, I've got a fair amount. And what's great about it is when the snowmageddon thing hit, I didn't have to worry about that. I was able to share it. Now, that's the charitable thing to do. All right, our Lord talks about giving a drink of water to, to a prophet. I mean, the, the reward, I mean, giving a drink of water to someone out there is critically important. So I can't emphasize enough. Today, get some extra water stored up. Learn how to filter water, too, because if you run a long time and the water supply is still shut off, you're going to have to find a water source somewhere. It could be a stream, river, and there are good filters out there, good filters that can filter out so much and you can still have drinking water. But I tell everybody, get on this now. It is the charitable thing to do. It is, the, it is the right thing to do. You've got people entrusted to your care. God has done that. Even your own life is important. God wants us to take care of that and care for those that he's given to our care. So everybody, get after this water issue ASAP. Two things here. Number one, Doug and I aren't doing this to scare you. We just want you to be prepared. But as our Lord said in the gospel, if the master of the house knew the hour that the thief was coming, you know, if I knew the hour that the water was going to be shut off due to a water main break, I would have started preparing even earlier than 15 or 20 minutes. So that's right. number one. 
Number two, Doug, a few weeks ago we were talking about the Ten Commandments, and specifically the commandment, thou shalt not steal. And you used the analogy of the person who is starving that maybe steals a loaf of bread. It's still stealing. There's still moral questions that have to be asked. But the better thing to do is, if at all possible, avoid the situation entirely. Yes. And prepping now is an easy way to do that. Yeah, that, and Adam, that is such a great point to make there. People just don't understand unless you really look at those situations, whether it's a crisis of natural disaster to some sort of breakdown in an infrastructure of a city on some level, what people will do when they become desperate. And when God guides us, desperation doesn't overtake us, but we can still feel the temptation. But when we're better prepared, that is the, the natural way that God uses to help us not fall into that moment of despair or desperation. One of my favorite quotes, we use it all the time in our BR Coalition work. Hope is found with a plan of action in the face of a crisis. So whatever crisis we're confronted with, if we have a plan of action, there's hope. That plan of action could be pick up the phone and call 911. Plan of action. First responders are coming. Law enforcement, medical, we're good now. Plan of action, your child breaks his arm. Take him to the ER. Plan of action brings hope. Okay, food crisis, water crisis, no food and water in the house? No hope, not as much. So really, everybody, let's remember that God builds us and puts us in this natural world. He works the ordinary means. We want to bring hope, hope to people by having a plan of action in the face of any crisis, spiritual or physical. All right. Well, we're going to pause here in this week's series. We'll be back with you tomorrow, but maybe this is a good time to grab that pen and paper and start coming up with your plan of action. If you don't have one yet, now's the time to start. Doug, thanks for being with us today. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate the chance. Are you enjoying this podcast? Well, if you are, did you know that Covenant Network offers great programming 24 hours a day on 43 stations in five states, plus streaming online? You can find our schedule, your local station, or listen online at www.ourcatholicradio.org. That's O-U-R catholicradio.org. Well, we are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We're always happy to talk with Father Jeffrey Kirby from Our Lady of Grace in South Carolina. And Father, you know, so often when you and I speak, we reference the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And it was brought to my attention recently that while I was young when the catechism was first promulgated, and we've had several catechisms, nothing like this has ever been available really before the early 1990s, and it really is a tremendous gift for us. Maybe we think of it only as study, but it really is here to help us grow in holiness, and, and I wonder where we begin with that. Yes, yes. So uh, as you're mentioning, Adam, uh, oftentimes Catholics aren't aware that the first time we you know, have had a universal catechism of the Catholic Church is, as you said, in the early 1990s. You know, before that, of course, we had regional catechisms, national catechisms. Uh, some of our older parishioners might remember the old Baltimore catechisms here in the United States. But, but again, that was a national catechism. We at one point had a catechism for the Latin Rite of the Universal Church, the, the Catechism of the Council of Trent. But really, no catechism for the entire universal Catholic Church. And of course, that's what we have here in the, in the uh, early 1990s. And really, the story of how we received the catechism is itself a great gift. I, I like to emphasize, so people put it within context, that the catechism of the Catholic Church is a fruit of the Second Vatican Council. So the Council's call to deeper discipleship, to understanding the baptismal way of life, 
strong emphasis on the Christian formation of the baptized. The Catechism of the Catholic Church flowed from that. It took 30 years to draft because, again, the detail and the intricacies of, of trying to give a catechism for the universal church, I mean, all 24 rites within the church and, and so on, it took a few decades. But, but this is a real fruit of the, of the Second Vatican Council, and it's meant to help us to know our faith. I once heard uh, someone remark that their pastor said, you know, here at the parish, I'm not going to focus so much on scripture studies as I am on catechism studies, but don't worry, in doing so, we're actually going to get a lot of the scripture. And I wonder if you could share a little about why that is. Yes, yes. So throughout the catechism, you'll see constant reference to the scripture. And, and really, the word catechism is Greek. It simply means echo. And the catechism is an echo of the scriptures, which, of course, is a collection of the life and teachings of, of the revelations of God and life and teachings of, of the Lord Jesus. So when you study the catechism, you're receiving biblical teaching. You're receiving the teachings of the Lord. Also, I think it's interesting, if, if anyone ever tried to juxtapose the catechism with the scriptures, the whole first part of the catechism is on the creed, and numerous times it talks about the responsibility of the baptized to read the Bible. <laughs> so, so if you're going to really read the catechism and take it at face value, you're going to read the Bible. Uh, first of all, it's the Bible throughout the catechism, but then also the catechism calls us to the scriptures. So, so if you can imagine in, in you know, the Christian home, it would be the great hope of the church that every Christian home would have a Bible and a catechism of the Catholic Church and, and see how the two complement one another, that, again, the catechism being an echo of the scriptures. You know, along those lines, one of my other favorite things about the catechism, and we do most days on the show, we have a little catequiz where we pull something from the catechism. And, you know, we talk about, well, if you read the catechism, you're going to read the scriptures, but you're also going to read the saints because so often I'm doing my research on this and then here's the teaching very clearly enunciated. And then right below it is a little subparagraph, a little smaller font, and it's a quote from a saint or a doctor of the church or one of the church fathers on the exact same thing. So we're really getting like the best of three worlds here. Amen. Amen. And and what I appreciate is when you're looking up something in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and, and really the Catechism has one of the most extensive indexes I've, I've ever seen in you know a book or, or, or collection of teachings, but you find something in the Catechism of the Catholic Church on, on topic. The Church wants to encourage us so much in the margin of that number are all the other numbers relating in the Catechism of the Catholic Church to that topic. So if you find just one number on that margin, the church gives you everything else. So you can almost have a little study in the saints, the scriptures, the teachings of the church right there. Uh, and again, the catechism was designed and, and the church wants to encourage us to know our faith. So I guess the question is, uh, if we're going to dive into our catechism and we've never done this before, we, you know, we've referenced it here on the show, we've done the catechism, but we've never actually picked up the book. Do we just jump in on page one? You can, you know, so there's four major parts of the catechism. So the first part's on the creed, the second part on the sacraments, the third is on the moral life, the fourth is on prayer. So one could start at number one and, and, and read all the way through, okay? Or one could choose one of those topics that might resonate more with them. I would oftentimes encourage people, go to part four in terms of the spiritual life and, and the life of prayer. Oftentimes that can inspire us more. Because honestly, like the first part can be a little dry at times because we have some very serious theological clarifications and explanations and so on. But also another way of approaching the catechism is based on topic or theme. So what's happening in our spiritual life or our discipleship right now and study that. So we can certainly, you know, kind of jump and bounce throughout the catechism. So, you know, it, it's not necessarily meant to be read from cover to cover, but it can be. A person should feel free to kind of just bounce around. So, oh, I, like, what does the church really teach about 
you know, the obligation of Sunday Mass, or what is the difference between vocal prayer and, and mental prayer, or you know, the, whatever it might be, and you can just bounce throughout the catechism however you prefer, because it really is a, a treasure chest of the Church's teachings. Well, I, I suppose then if a, a young couple is preparing for marriage, they can go to the catechism, look at the catechism's teachings on marriage, so on and so forth, parents uh, preparing for the baptism of their child, and so on and so forth. Father, I think you've given us some great places to start here. As usual, could I ask you to close our time together with a prayer? My pleasure. Let us pray. Father, I ask your blessing upon your people as we seek your face. May you constantly give us your divine wisdom. And we ask these in all good things through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. We want to thank Father Kirby for being with us as usual, and we always look forward to our next conversation. Father, you have a great day. Thank you, Adam. Hello, podcast listeners. This is Adam Wright for Covenant Network. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to hit like and subscribe. And while you're at it, share it with your friends. And now back to the Roadmap to Heaven podcast. Well, yesterday on the Daily Dose of Encouragement, Patty Schneier gave us some homework to look at our limits and our priorities. And I hope you've done that. But today, Patty has a new encouragement for us. Patty, what's in store? Well, we're talking about limits and priorities in the spiritual life this week, and I'm sharing some just advice that I received from my spiritual director who translated a book from Father Rossini called The Art of Restarting, and he says this, stay grounded in your priorities or you'll live a life of interruptions. Boy, that hit me. Being obedient to your priorities implies saying no to a lot of things, no to detours that are unnecessary, no to wasting time. So I have to get up every day, and I do this, and now I'm also always thinking, what is my priority for today? And I want to stay true to that. I want to stay grounded in it, and I want to live within my priorities. It's a great nugget of truth to stay grounded in your priorities. So the tendency might be to flit and float from one thing to the next. If you're being rushed or you're overextended and you're stressed and you're in this constant state of emergency. No. Whereas if I stay grounded in my priorities, life is more peaceful. I make decisions with clear purpose in mind, and I'm not detoured by distractions. Literally, when I go in the kitchen, I have to say, what is the priority? Is the priority to empty the dishwasher? Is the priority to get dinner started? Is my priority to clean this or is it to do whatever? I say that to myself now all the time. I need to say no to detours. So as a wife and mother, I am I truly prioritizing my marriage and family life? Have I made God a priority in my life today? So tonight, here's again some homework. Write down five priorities, and I'm going to recommend five different areas. One priority for your physical body, one priority for your soul, for your spiritual life, one priority for work, one priority for your vocation, and one priority for your mind, what you want to learn, what you want, to, how you want your mind to grow. Do you have a priority in those five major areas in life? And then do you live and act out of those priorities? It's good homework for us to do, but if you're like me, you're saying, I've already forgotten the first four priorities that Patty asked me to write down. Fear not. You can catch the Daily Dose of Encouragement in podcast format by visiting ourcatholicradio.org and clicking on Programs. Just select Daily Dose of Encouragement or find the Daily Dose of Encouragement wherever you get your podcast. And don't forget to do your homework tonight. You probably know that our studios are based in St. Louis, Missouri, my favorite hometown, my only hometown. It's where I was born and raised, and we are celebrating our patronal feast on 
Thursday, August 25th. Uh, with that, um, there is the now, I think, third annual Festival of St. Louis happening uh, beginning tomorrow evening with First Vespers and a Rosary Novena. Um, and then on Thursday, there are Liturgy of the Hours throughout the day. The, Ho- the Holy Office will be celebrated throughout the day, as well as Holy Mass, Eucharistic Adoration, and, and Benediction, as well as a Marian procession from the Oratory of Saints Gregory and Augustine to the Apotheosis of St. Louis in beautiful Forest Park. It's about a two-mile procession that will conclude with the Rosary Novena and then uh, some fellowship afterwards and it is a wonderful wonderful thing for more information on the oratory of saints gregory and augustine you can go to st louis latin mass.com that's st louis latin mass.com and uh, if you can't find the information you need there well then send me an email i'll, I'll get you in touch and we'll get you everything you need but the uh, festival of st louis is coming up the beginning tomorrow evening and then all day on Thursday. If you're in the area, it's a beautiful celebration, and I highly encourage you to take part, if at all possible. I want to thank Doug and Patty for being with us as usual, Father Kirby for breaking open the catechism for us today. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be world without end. Amen. Our Lady Queen of Heaven, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. You know, I also want to leave you with this quote today from J.R.R. Tolkien in The Return of the King. It is not our part to master all the tides of the world, but to do what is in us for the succor of those years wherein we are set, uprooting the evil in the fields that we know, so that those who live after may have clean earth to till. What weather they shall have is not ours to rule. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. Until then, for Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Pray your rosary today.